you're so used to, you know, going on your morning walk, picking up the newspaper in your driveway and going on your walk and coming back and reading that paper and having coffee. So if you just don't know what to do with that newspaper, if you don't know what to do after you pick up that newspaper and go for your, you know, the walk around your neighborhood, that's the disruption of your daily life, of your routine. You know, one day that that might just happen to you. You don't know what's going on. Talking with people about how to have a great retirement. This is the Rock Your Retirement Show. We don't talk about money, but we talk about almost everything else you need to rock your retirement. Now, here's your host, Kathy Klein. Welcome back to the Rock Your Retirement Show. Today, I have Anna Gonzalez Seda with the Alzheimer's Association here in San Diego. She's the program director of the San Diego Imperial Valley chapter of the Alzheimer's Association, to be more specific. Now, she's the person that manages the care and support arm of her local chapter. And, you know, I have to tell you, uh, for those of you who listen to the show, my dad was recently diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Um, and I'm not quite sure if it's actually Alzheimer's what he has. He has a um, form of dementia that comes with Parkinson's disease. Not all people with Parkinson's wind up with dementia, but my dad is one of the lucky ones who wound up with this. The reason why I wanted Anna to come on the show today is that if you have a parent or somebody that you know that gets diagnosed with Alzheimer's, I want you to know what to expect. And so if that doesn't pertain to you right now, go ahead and save this episode and you can always come back to it later if, you know, if that happens to you. So Anna, welcome to the show. Great. Thank you so much, Kathy, for having me. You know, what you do is so important. So many people get diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And I think here in San Diego, it's particularly a high percentage. I think I heard that somewhere. Yes, actually, we have statistics that 65,000 people here in San Diego County have some sort of dementia or Alzheimer's disease. Do we know why that is here in San Diego, why it's so high? You know, that's something that we're doing more research on. Um, Fortunately, we do not have one solid answer, but we're just seeing this increase of baby movers and just the disease is just starting to skyrocket, unfortunately. Yeah, it's so sad. I guess, I guess it's something's going to happen. You can either die young or if you live long enough, you're probably going to wind up with some sort of dementia. Is that true or is that a misconception? Actually, part of it is true. Just normal part of aging, you know, as our bodies and brains age, they usually age at the same time or around the same time. So right now we're just um, finding out more that dementia is just not normal part of aging. Forgetting your keys once in a while, that's normal. You know, making a bad decision once in a while, that's normal too. Missing an occasional monthly payment, that's also okay. Uh, However, if you do not remember that you missed that payment, that's uh, a sign of a red flag and that indicates other indications of possible dementia or Alzheimer's. I think I heard somewhere, it was probably at a a workshop on dementia, they said that if you lose your keys, that's not a, you know, that's not a sign of dementia. But if you find them in the refrigerator, mm, that's probably a sign of dementia. I thought that was a pretty good analogy. Yeah, that actually, that's exactly what we talk about our educational programs. Um, and for instance, if you do not remember what the keys are for, that's something, you know, a, a cause of 
awareness that you have to bring to your physician and talk more about. Right. Now, I'm guessing Mm -hmm. that somebody with dementia is probably not going to be listening to this show unless a family member, you know, sits them in front of the computer or finds it for them on the smartphone. It's probably their family member. Would would you agree? We're we're probably talking to the family member, Sarah. So, So what would you say is pretty typical. What's the typical person that would come into the Alzheimer's Center? Baby boomers and the caregivers that are taking care of their baby boomers, um, parents. And more and more of these caregivers seem to be women. So that's exactly where we're targeting our audience and providing more awareness and information to specifically women that are the caretakers for the family members or parent that is going through this disease. Now, when they contact you, do they already know that their family member has Alzheimer's or are they contacting you to kind of get a rough idea of whether they do or not? We get a variety of questions. Some of them have, you know, the parent has been recently diagnosed, so they need more information and resources and how to cope with the disease. You know, maybe their family member is going through denial anxiety, agitation over the, the diagnosis. We help those sort of questions and help them get all the answers that they may need. And also, you know, people that are just new to the disease, they want to find out more information. Uh, maybe perhaps it runs in their family and they want to be more aware about what are the symptoms or what are the 10 signs to look for. So what are they? Actually, there are 10 signs. Yes. Yeah, so, let's, let's talk about that. So one of them is the memory loss that disrupts your daily life. Number two, challenges in planning or solving problems. Well, let's go back to number one. Okay, so we'll yes. we'll talk about all 10, but let's, let's expand that mm-hmm. a little bit. So memory loss that affects your daily life. So mm-hmm. give me an example of that. So for instance, you're so used to, you know, going on your morning walk, picking up the newspaper in your driveway and going on your walk and coming back and reading that paper and having coffee. So if you just don't know what to do with that newspaper, if you don't know what to do after you pick up that newspaper and go for your, you know, the walk around your neighborhood, that's the disruption of your daily life, of your routine. You know, one day that that might just happen to you. You don't know what's going on. So, you know, that might be an indication of, hey, something might be wrong if you don't know what to do with that newspaper or you pick up your newspaper and then you stand in your driveway and you're like, hmm, where am I supposed to go now? Oh, that happens to me. <laughs> <laughs> I forget. I go downstairs to do. do something. Now, why What? Why am I here? <laughs> Should I be concerned? No, I mean, usually you, we, we remember what we're supposed to do afterwards. Right. Um, and and if, if you do not remember, then that's, you know, an area of concern and definitely get some more help and understanding of what's going on. Okay. So the uh, next one is challenges in planning or solving problems. You know, most of us, especially the CEO of our families, you know, let's say one day you just forget to know what to do with your checkbook. Oh. You know, you, you sit down in front of your desk and you want to write a check and you want to pay your bills and you don't know what to do. Or you just, you're having problems understanding what you need to do with that pen and your checkbook. Okay. That, that I can definitely see would be a problem for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Number three, difficulty in completing familiar tasks. For instance, one of the examples that we usually give is cooking. 
we're so used to cooking, you know, see that family recipe, that spaghetti sauce. You know, you know that from the top of your head and you don't need, you know, a recipe book or family notes or anything like that because you already know exactly what ingredients and how much, a pinch of salt or a pinch of oregano, whatever it is. But then you start forgetting what calls for the spaghetti sauce. I don't know. Mm. So things things that, um, you know, you're used to cooking without a recipe or, you know, having that recipe book in front of you and all of a sudden you just you just forget. How would you know if your parents are having their pro- these kind of problems? Do you, do you think they would tell you or is that something that they would try to keep to themselves? Yeah, that's a challenge, especially your spouse. If you do have a spouse that's around you 24-7 or most of the day, the person that has it might not say anything, but the person that lives with them will definitely be more aware that something's just not right with mom. You know, I noticed that, you know, she just takes so long in making that spaghetti sauce that something's just off. You know, she's take 10 minutes. Now she takes 30 or 45 minutes to make that sauce. So, so family members know because they see them, they interact with them daily. So they know something's a little off and the person with this, the symptoms may not feel comfortable to say something. You know, there's, the denial that comes with it or just the angry feelings that come along with that. So so most likely the, the spouse would know a little bit more about something's just a little bit off. And then if a spouse says something, that could lead to arguments too. Like, I just told you or you just did it, or right? Correct. Yes. Unfortunately, sometimes that's, you know, we get calls about family members just you know, they're more in advance in their disease, you know, hey, you know, dad, we don't feel dad, feel right for dad to drive anymore. So oh, I'm sure that's a big one. Keys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. So, you know, we have a great sort of resource website that we work with and it's just comprehensive. It's a little bit overwhelming, our website, but it's definitely something that we really direct people to take their time and really soak up all this information and resources because there's so many and, you know, it just takes a little while to get through it all. (laughs) So do it in chunks, (laughs) right? Do it in small chunks. Don't try to sit down and do it all at once. (laughs) No. (laughs) Okay. And, you know, I know we're going to go off on a tangent here, but if you're listening and you're in San Diego, this is actually a really good place to be because we have some research that is done here as well, right? We do. We do have, uh, we work with UCSD. Um, UCSD has received um, numerous grants from the Alzheimer's Association and providing all the much needed research. And they have multiple labs here that they're very hard at work in, in finding a cure for the disease. Unfortunately, there is no cure for the disease. So any little bit of research dollars to help the research funding and, you know, the research to get us in the way of finding a cure for the disease. That That's definitely very helpful. Right. And sometimes people can get in a clinical trial to help find a cure or at least a, uh, a way to slow it down. Correct. Yes. And we do have this program called Trial Match. Um, and Trial Match actually provides opportunities for our volunteers who don't have a relationship with the disease or maybe they do. But they really want to advance and move forward the research um, in the area of Alzheimer's disease and dementia. So they sign up, they create a profile and they sign up and say, hey, you know, let me know when you're going to 
when there's a trial that matches my description in San Diego. And so sure enough, you know, you'll get a hit from our national database and, and they'll let you know if there's any um, research happening in San Diego within a certain time frame or anything like that. That's great. Is there something available on a national basis as well for the listener who isn't in San Diego? Um, yeah, actually recommending to visit Trial Match. I think it's .org. And they actually work with the national database and they pulled all this information into one database. So it is actually, I have the actual website here. It's ALZ dot org forward slash trial match. Okay, so that's ALZ dot org slash trial match. And I'll I'll put that in the show notes as well. Great. Yes, that is the website. Okay, good. I knew we were going to go off on a tangent. <laughs> so we still have <laughs> so much information. I know it is a lot. We only have a limited amount of time for the show. So we're going to go ahead and take a break now. And then when we come back, we're going to go through the rest of the um, 10 symptom or 10 signs to look for. So I'm here um, speaking with Ana Gonzalez Seda with the San Diego Imperial Valley Chapter for Alzheimer's Association. And we'll be right back after this break. Is it time for a pantry makeover? Hi, my name is Lisa Woodruff, and I'm a professional organizer and productivity expert. And my question to you as you rock your retirement is it time for a pantry makeover? I want you to think about what are your favorite foods and anyone who is full-time living in your house with you. What I think you'll find is a lot of the things in your pantry are things that your children like to eat or things that you serve on a seasonal basis. But your pantry should really only have your everyday foods in there. So make a list. What are your favorite seasonal foods? And what foods do you typically serve for family and friends? And then think about how often you have the family and friends over. Have your pantry reflect how you daily use your food. Declare a pantry amnesty day and clean it out. Donate all of your unexpired foods that are not daily loves to a local food pantry and start over. Check out the Organized 365 podcast for more on how to get organized as you rock your retirement. Okay, we're back with Anna Gonzalez Seda. She's the program director for the San Diego Imperial Valley Chapter for the Alzheimer's Association. And we're going through um, the 10 things that you need to know about Alzheimer's. It's actually the 10 early signs and symptoms. So we were starting on number four. So welcome back. Great. Yes. So number four would be confusion with time or place. So people with Alzheimer's can lose track of dates, seasons, or the passage of time. So they may have trouble understanding something if it is not happening immediately. So sometimes they may forget where they are or how they got there. So how would this, so, so let's say I'm, okay, I'm trying to think of how I would deal with, for example, my dad. Does this mean that I shouldn't necessarily tell him about something that's coming up two months from now? I should wait until the day of or the day before? Actually, that's a really good point. We do hope that the caregiver actually works with them and have has a set schedule for them 
So if you break it down, you know, on a weekly basis, you could say Monday, dad, you have an appointment. And if you have a nice cal- nice big calendar and say nine o'clock, is, you know, Dr. Smith, your eye appointment. So giving them little pieces of information at a time is very helpful. And especially if you write it down. down. Okay, that's good. So they don't, they don't necessarily have problems reading. Actually, no, that's, yeah, you're right. They do not have problems reading. Um, but that leads me to the next point, which is number five. Some people might have trouble understanding visual images and spatial relationships. So, you know, typical aging includes vision changes related to the aging of the eyes, for instance, cataracts. But for some people, having visual problems is a sign of Alzheimer's. They may have difficulty reading, judging distance, and determining color or contrast. And especially, this is especially true when it comes to driving. That spatial relationship, especially if they're looking at their rear view mirrors and the side mirrors while driving, you know, sometimes they do not have that correlation or that perception of how close is the car next to me? Is it really that close or not really that close? So it's that perception that they have problems with the distance. Well, that's really good to know because that can be dangerous. Correct. Yes. Okay. And usually in the middle, middle stages, this is when the physician recommends that, you know, maybe it's not the safest thing for your dad or, you know, for, for other people on the street for, you know, for you to keep driving. So it's a difficult conversation. And we do have that information on our website as well. You know, how to start these conversations. There's a really great video on our website as well that, you know, takes you through a scenario of somebody having that difficult conversation with their loved one. Well, that's good to know. We'll, um, we'll post a link to that video too, if that's possible. Um, so we'll talk about that after the show to see if there's a way to just post the direct link. Okay. So yeah. So number six, what is it? So the next one is new problems with words and speaking or writing. So typical aging includes some, sometimes having trouble finding the right word. But with people with Alzheimer's, they may have trouble following or joining a conversation. They may stop in the middle of conversation and have no idea how to continue, or may they may have to repeat themselves. Um, they may struggle with vocabulary or having problems finding the right word or calling things by the wrong name. For instance, calling a watch a hand clock. A hand clock. So they're kind of trying to determine, because hand clock isn't really a word, so they're trying to describe what, what it is they mean? Yes. So they're trying to find the right word for, for what they mean, but sometimes that word is not the right word. Well, you know, that happens to me. I don't use the wrong word, but I, I lose a word. <laughs> it's usually names and nouns. <laughs> So like, let's say, for example, I can't remember the word chair. And don't laugh because it can definitely happen to me. So then I would say, you know, it's shaped like this. And I would show by my hands what it's shaped like. And you know, you sit on it. Oh, yeah, chair. That's what. <laughs> so we're, oh, okay. not, we're not talking about that, are we? Like, should I be concerned about myself? No, I mean, it, does it happen very often, every no. day? Or no, not every day. Once in a while, once in a while is okay. Once in a while is fine. It happens to all of us. We have very busy lives and we're all trying to multitask. And so sometimes that's, that's normal. We have too much information in our heads. 
There's too much stuff in there. We do. (laughs) You know, and it's like, it's like a file cabinet with stuff shoved in there. And like, I can't find the stuff because, because there's too much stuff in there. (laughs) No, I definitely agree with you. It's a good analogy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. But if you have problems with words over and over, like on a daily basis, then that's a sign, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. Unfortunately. Yeah. So so number seven, um, misplacing things and losing the ability to retrace your steps. So typical aging involves misplacing things from time to time, such as, you know, your pair of glasses or the remote control. But with a person with Alzheimer's disease, they may put things in unusual places. They may lose things and be unable to, you know, back over their steps and to find, you know, to find that item again. Like the refrigerator. Like the keys, the keys in the refrigerator. Okay. Exactly like that. Yes. And they may, you know, may accuse others of stealing because they know that they put those where they typically put, you know, the keys, you know, let's say when you get home, there's a little tray right Mm -hmm. by your door and you usually place them there. But if they're not there one day, then you're going to start wondering who took my keys because you do not realize what you know, what you had done before and placed your keys, let's say in the refrigerator or in the freezer. Right. So okay. this is, this is a, a definite know, a sign. Bit. Yes. And if it happens, you know, more than once, it occurs very frequently. That's definitely an area of concern. So number eight, decreased or poor judgment. So, you know, for us, we usually forget, you know, sometimes we make a bad decision once in a while but people with Alzheimer's may experience change in, changes excuse me, in judgment or decision-making. For example, they may use poor judgment when dealing with money, giving large amounts of money to telemarketers. Otherwise known as scammers. Not all telemarketers are scammers, but they're definitely out there for sure, right? Yes. And unfortunately, you know, they know who to prey upon and usually sometimes it's seniors. And so we definitely want to bring that awareness to seniors and their caregivers because this happens quite a bit with a person with Alzheimer's. You know, somebody calls and gives them a sob story and they feel bad and they just say, hey, let me grab my checkbook. I'll write, I'll write that amount for you. So that's another big area of concern. What do you do about that? Let's say, now I know I've had an episode on scammers and, and there's whole episodes for that, but... Do you think that there's a, I mean, I mean, number one, usually seniors are the only ones that answer their phone. (laughs) Other people, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, do you answer your home phone or do you even have a home phone? I mean, most people (laughs) don't even answer their phone anymore, which is frustrating, but it's, it's true. So Mm -hmm. like, what can you do? Can you just automatically set everything to go to voicemail for mom and dad? I mean, what what do you do? (laughs) That's really difficult. Yes, it's very difficult. If you start noticing that your parents, you know, especially let's say your dads, for some reason you find out their checking account is just not what it used to be. Then you start, you know, asking a little bit more questions or, you know, looking around their office and noticing things that are just, just doesn't look right. You know, if their checkbook is just seems to be out a lot and you know, we start seeing these signs and symptoms and hints here and there. And so we start putting these pieces together and, 
And, you know, fortunately, we cannot tell them, hey, don't write that check, but we can make things you know, possible that we use our own sort of judgment and say, hmm, things aren't just right here. Maybe I should have a conversation with mom and, you know, just trying to get more information about things are being as far as their financial status and things like that. Good advice. Good advice. Okay. So what's number nine? Number nine is withdrawing from work or social activities. So, you know, you're used to going to bingo every Friday and all of a sudden you notice that, you know, that's not interested in going every Friday. He just does not want to go. So the person with Alzheimer's may start to remove themselves from hobbies, social activities, work projects, or family get-togethers. They may have trouble keeping up with favorite sport teams or remembering how to engage in a favorite hobby. You know, they might notice that something is just not right with them and they don't want to sort of be the topic of conversation or have people notice that, hey, something's wrong with your dad. So they avoid all these social situations. Maybe they don't want to notice it either. I mean, that would be so hard to know that you have, that something's wrong. To me, it would be the, the most difficult part would be in the beginning stages of Alzheimer's. Once you're full on Alzheimer's, full on dementia, and you don't remember anymore, that would be, to me, for the person a little bit easier, maybe harder for the family. But if it were, if it were me, it seems like it would be easier when I already don't know what's going on than when, when I do, it seems like that would be so hard. Oh yes. No, I definitely agree. You know, I did have somebody in my class who was early stage. She was just diagnosed, I would say a few months and she came to one of our educational programs and, you know, it was a small group. And so we were sharing and, you know, people were asking questions and it was a very interactive but small group. And then towards the end of the class, she comes up to me and she says, hey, Anna, I just wanted to let you know that I've been diagnosed with Alzheimer's and I'm here because I want to empower myself. I want to know what's about to happen. I want to know all the resources that are out there for myself and my spouse. Um, and she came without her spouse and she said, you know, I just want to learn more about this disease. So that to me, I, I just, wow, I was just blown away all her efforts. Yeah. Blown away. Exactly. Exactly. I applaud her and, you know, and, and that was just amazing. I didn't expect that to come from her. Wow. So, so did you keep in touch with her? Once in a while, I keep in touch with her. I don't want to bombard her with more information, but she knows where to reach me and how to reach me. So, so she, she reaches out once in a while. Wow. That's great. Okay, we have one more. What is it? What's the last one? The last one of the 10 signs is changes in mood and personality. So typical aging can involve developing very specific ways of doing things and becoming irritable when your routine is disrupted. Um, but with a person with Alzheimer's, it's much more easier for someone with dementia to do things in very routine ways with not much change or variety. They can become confused, suspicious, depressed, fearful, or anxious when situations call for spontaneous changes or quick responses. So as a result, they may be easily upset at work or at home or with friends or in places where they are out of their comfort zone. Okay, I can, I can see that happening. And I can understand mm -hmm. it too because you kind of know that there's something wrong or people are telling you that you forgot something 
and you're like, I no idea. I can, I can totally get that. Why, why you would be irritable. I would be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know I would be too. I would be in a bad mood all the time. Exactly. <laughs> oh, it's just so difficult. There are treatments out there that may or may not work. Um, unfortunately, some of the, the drugs out in the market, you know, may work for somebody with the same symptoms or the same sort of um, disease, but may not work for the other person. Um, and actually, I saw that in one of my classes that I was teaching. We had two individuals, two caregivers that happened to be women, and their moms both were on the same drug. And one lady said, you know, it does wonders for my mom. She can get dressed in the morning. She could do things a little bit more independently. On the, co- on the contrary, with the other lady, she said, you know, she's on the same drug, but the drug is not helping my mom mm. at all. So it's just so difficult. Just because we're all unique. You know, we all have our own Correct. chemistry and bodies. I do want to say one thing. I have this neighbor and I, 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 I don't know her that well. I just say hello to her while, while I'm walking the dogs. And when I first moved in here and I would see her, she, the, the, the neighbor said that she had, de, you know, early stage dementia and she was a shut in and kind of cranky. <laughs> you know, she was the mm-hmm. get off my lawn kind of person, you know. Yeah. But recently, and, and I was actually kind of concerned about her, you know, um, there are several people in the neighborhood that check in on her. But then about a month ago, she changed. She started wearing makeup. I've seen her driving. She's pleasant. Like she, she's very pleasant. I don't know if maybe she's, maybe she's taking a medication now. I'm not really sure. But I personally have seen a dramatic change in just my interactions with her. And again, I don't know her that well. So I can't say, hey, you know, are you on a new drug? <laughs> <You know? laughs> <I know. laughs> but um, wow, but it gives me hope. Amazing. Yeah, it gives me hope. And it makes me want to know what she's doing. What's her secret? Because something That's has right. definitely changed. Maybe she got a boyfriend. I don't know. wow that would be interesting to have a conversation with her one day but yeah we all want to know i know maybe maybe i'll come back with an update there's this miracle maybe she's on a clinical trial of something it's a miracle drug who knows definitely want to know so we're coming up to the end of our time what what's the one piece of advice that you would give to somebody who thinks that their parent or loved one has Alzheimer's or dementia? You know, we have a great group of um, resources that we could offer. So it's, it's multi-steps, you know, definitely check out our website, alz.org. We also have a great uh, resource line, which you call it helpline, which is 1-800-272-3900. And these are all master level consultants who deal with dementia and have been trained in dementia questions and resources, and they have extensive training. So I would definitely reach out to these two areas and they will help you develop a comprehensive plan that includes, you know, short-term planning and long-term planning. So we want to, you know, definitely get as much information for, with the person with Alzheimer's to make sure that they have input in their decision for long-term goals. So we're hoping that, you know, they can be able to reach out, you know, with any of these resources. 
Okay, great. And I'll make sure that I have a link um, to your website in the show notes as well as your as the phone number. That's 800-272-3900. So thank you so much for coming on the show and talking to us about dementia. It's such a needed, especially here. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you. And to the listener, we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Thanks for listening to the Rock Your Retirement Show. If you are rocking your retirement or know someone who would make a great guest on our show, please send us an email at podcast at rockyourretirement.com. Oh, wait, I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rocky Retirement Show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes 1 through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. And that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August... Actually, August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. The monthly episodes starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, you can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com. And we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically, what you do is you download the app, and then you search for the show. And when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show, and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, Actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, we actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, 
it's probably still the, the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. Just go to rockyourretirement.com support, and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye.